Yes. We welcome you to the Manual Christian Assembly. Today, the assignment that the Lord has given to me to come and share with us all on this platform today is the conditions of grace, part one. The conditions of grace. We have heard in many places that people think that the grace of God comes cheap. It is a free gift of the Lord. Yes, it is said. It is. The Bible says so. Uh, but there are some conditions that the scripture wants us to meet so that when that gift is coming to us, it becomes useful for the purpose for which it is being sent to us. Again, when the gift is coming, we should be in the place of readiness to receive. If I'm giving you something and you don't have in your hands or in your willingness to receive from me, then I have not achieved the purpose of giving. And therefore, it is important that everything that we do and all that we are uh, dealing with it with regards to the grace factor, which we have dealt with it a, a long time in the, in the, in the uh, month past, I pray that by the grace of God, we begin to look into ourselves with the light of the gospel to be able to see what God is expecting from us so that when the grace that is impacting to us or releasing to us or giving to us can become useful and we can be in the place of reception, readiness to receive from God to make our lives profitable for the kingdom's purpose. Hallelujah. And so today, this message is very, very important. It's one of those powerful messages that I don't want you to miss. I hope by the grace of God, you can share with a friend, a sister, a brother, a niece, a nephew, a stranger somewhere. Put it on the social media. Hopefully, somebody may chance on it and their lives may be changed. So that the grace, when we speak about the grace, when we talk about the grace, when we hear about the grace, then we will come to the place of realization or a sense of understanding to know that the grace of God does not come cheap. The salvation that we have received, everything with the kingdom's perspective, it is not a cheap stuff because the master must sacrifice a lot for his subjects. And therefore, whenever we are taking anything from God, we have to value it with great reverence because God worked out on it to be able to give it to you or to bring it to our, our domain for us to have it. So, people of God, the grace that we talk about, it is not something that we have to trivialize it or to make it look as though it is not something that is so of importance. Without the grace of God, everything that we are doing will not be effective. And so it is important to realize that the grace is of great value to the Christian world. We explained and described grace as the Spirit of the Lord poured into my heart, that it is the release of a divine enablement to act effectively and efficiently on our destiny's assignment for the kingdom's purpose, you know? So whatever it is that God is releasing upon you, if it is not going to benefit the kingdom, then the Lord will hold his hands. Because when God gives you a gift or a benefit or a blessing, and it shall be turned around to become a curse to you, I don't think that God would want to do that 
want us to be in that place, but rather he would want us to benefit from the things that he gives to us. So the grace factor that we talk about is not something that is of a free thing, but it is for a purpose. It is for us to be effective. It is for us to be efficient. It is for us to be able to make an impact in the environment that we find ourselves in Jesus' name. So if your Bible is close to you, let's see some of the conditions that this grace is expecting from us, from the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's open to Ephesians, uh, Philippians. Philippians, I beg your pardon. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Hashemi Karatis. Father, through life, through the word as always. In Jesus' mighty name. I start from 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, and this time around, he said, which are in Philippi, by here we are here on earth. So, uh, we are in the, on this platform at the moment. I don't know, wherever you're listening to me from, those listening to me from Juba, uh, those listening to me from America, Ghana, uh, UK, uh, here. This is a message to all the saints. Hallelujah. And also with the bishops and the deacons, which means that it's a very important message to the church. It's a message of great importance if he is addressing the bishops, the deacons, and the people who manage or oversee the body of Christ. It means that this is a message of a great importance. Hallelujah. He started by saying that grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We dealt with that in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Didn't we? Yeah. The grace that he's still uh, sending to the people, it was an act of salutation to let them know that this is the way you can start your Christian journey effectively. This is how you can manage the resources that God gives into your hand effectively. This is how you can manage your home as a wife. You can manage your home as a husband. You can manage your business as, as, a, as a business entrepreneur. Or you can manage your life as a whole. This is what you need. You need the grace of God and the peace which is from God. And he always brings that as a salutation in the ears of all the saints so that they can understand the need or the gravity of the value of grace and peace in the life of a child, a child of God. And he continues verse 3. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in prayer, of, or always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Be confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you until will, will perform it until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, in as much as in my bones and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. 
for God is my record, whom greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge, in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that may be sincere and without offense, until the day of Jesus Christ, being filled with the fruits of the Spirit or righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of our God. The Apostle Paul and Timothy now is addressing the church of our Lord Jesus Christ to let them know that everything that you are doing for the kingdom's purpose you need the grace of God and you need the peace of God. And for you to have these two things working fully inside of your life to become effective child of God, you need some conditions in this life to be able to attain this grace. It does not come cheap. There is a price to pay. People of God, everywhere you hear the grace of God is of a, a free gift and therefore you don't have to consider or concern yourself with anything concerning the grace of God. You have to be careful. Be, be very selective about those words because the grace of the Lord comes out of a price that Christ paid. So the value that we have to place on this grace must be paramount in, my, in our hearts. So one of the first things the Apostle Paul began to draw the attention to as a condition for this grace is one, to become the subject of that grace. He told them that, verse 6, he said, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work, a good work inside, we are the ones that we are the workmanship of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is working in us, and so he expects us to become the subject of the grace. So, if anything that we can do to help us to be in line to receive this grace that Jesus is bringing our way, we have to make ourselves available for the grace purpose that He is willing to pour out on us. So the apostle says that we have to become the subject of this grace that we are talking about. So our thinking, our ideologies, our plans, our beliefs, and everything must center that we are the workmanship of our God. We are the people that the Lord is going to pour this grace in. We are the ones that God is expecting to release this anointing or this power into. And therefore, we have to avail ourselves and get ourselves in shape so that when God pours the grace, there will be a place for it to fall. So he says, we have to become subjects of grace. I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that may you be well positioned in God and may the Lord use this opportunity that you position yourself to release the grace that is necessary for you to be able to be effective in the assignment that he gives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Number two, he says that we have to be partaker of that God's grace. 
one position yourself and two be a partaker which means that be in the place of readiness to receive don't put yourself aside or away from the place of readiness to receive from the lord be part of this grace thing so he says that we have to be partaker in verse 7 says that even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because i have you in my heart in as much as both in my bones and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel ye are all partakers of my grace we have to be partakers of the grace of god hallelujah the apostle sacrificed his life for the purpose of the gospel to draw the church's attention to the area of understanding of the things that is necessary for them to be effective in this calling, which is with the peace of God and the grace of God. And now he's bringing the church to this place to let them know that, listen, his availability now has allowed a lot to be part of the trouble that he's going through, the challenges that he's experiencing, the, the defamation of character and all the things that they laid upon him and all the accusations from all those places. He said that because of these things, now people are being benefited. And it's the same way that the Lord is expecting you and I to become a partaker of this kind of grace factor that we're talking about. If you don't want to be part of the grace, you may be in the faith and yet not be effective child of God. And we have seen it in many places. We have seen people being, uh, being in, the, in the callings of God, in the ministries and other places that the Lord has given them assignment. And we have seen people struggling with all kinds of things. But today, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that our thinking and our focus will be that we want to be part of this grace factor. Whatever it is that it will take us to be part of the grace, we are willing in Jesus' mighty name to be part of this grace factor. Amen. Number three, it says, abound more and more in love. Abound more and more in love. We have heard in many places, we have seen in many walks of life and in the scriptures, in a lot of preaching, and we have heard that God is love. It is true. It is the same way if we want to replicate God's activity on earth here, we have to also portray the character of God, which is love. So if love is giving you an assignment to go and share with anybody, if you don't carry the love that he's giving to you, you will not be able to share the assignment effectively as it should be. So he is advising and encouraging the church, say that we have to abound more and more in love. This love factor, people of God, it does not come that easy. Sometimes you have to jump a lot of hurdles to be able to get to the place of being matured in this love. Because love will be tested. Love must be proven. Love must be shown. Love will be, will be challenged. And therefore, if you don't grow from grace to grace and try and build yourself in this love factor, the grace of God will not be effective on our lives. 
in the things of the kingdom. So the Apostle Paul is telling the church, telling you and I today, that we have to abound more and more in love. He's using the word more and more because love grows. Love has got life that it grows, it increases. And it depends on how you allow it to grow inside of you. It, it, it is very important that you make room for it. If not, you lose out on the opportunity to mature in this love. So love grows. That's why he says that we have to abound. You have to jump over some situation. You have to be able to overlook some matters. You have to let go of some uh, some factors in life, about some people's behavior, their actions, their attitude towards you. Because of the gifts of the kingdom or the gospel, you are trying to move away from a place of being allowing things to hold you down and to express the love of God in us. So he says we should abound more and more in love. Number four, he says, approve things that are excellent. Approve things that are excellent. If we will be able to do what is right in the sight of the Lord, if you will be able to walk well and do what is pleasing to the Lord, the scripture says that we have to approve anything that is of great excellence. I'll take the scriptures from verse 8 and we'll go down 9 and 10 and see what the scripture says from there. It says, For God is my record. How greatly alone after you all the bowels of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in the knowledge and in all judgment that ye may approve that excellent that ye may be sincere, we'll get to that place, that ye may be sincere in all things, which means that if we are trying to do what is right in the sight of God, we don't have to connive or get ourselves into an area which is not pleasing to the Lord. Anything that will bring a sense of question, anything that will bring a sense of doubt, anything that will become an affront against the will of God, we are not in that place going to get ourselves involved. And so the scripture says that what we need to do is to approve of anything that is of excellence to the kingdom's purpose. And this prayer, I pray that you will be selected by the grace of God not giving yield to anything that is not of God and allowing anything at all to flow through your life and your mind and your self and say yes to anything so long as it is not of God and the Lord does not approve of it, do not also endorse it. If it is of a good report, if it is of a praise report, if it is of any worthy to the king's uh, uh, purpose, if it is of anything that the Lord desires of it, the word of the Lord says that you've got to approve that which is excellent. He also encouraged by the grace of God in number five that we've got to be sincere till the end. Sincerity is one of the major things that is lacking in the house. I'm not if I talk about the house, not on this platform, but I'm talking about the kingdom's business as a general. A lot of people are not sincere 
in their hearts. The sincerity is far away. It is an act that we may not be able to see physically. We can see the effects of sincerity in our environment, in our dealings, in our ways. When you have done something wrong, you know for sure that you acknowledge your error and your effort. You will not frown your face and use things to overshadow or cover up. No, 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 no. If you are right, you are right. If you are wrong, you are wrong. If we have to be sincere and he expects everyone, if you want grace, to work effectively inside of you. If you want the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you've got to have a sincere heart. If Bible will talk about somebody who is a murderer and kills somebody's husband and picks up the wife and sleeps with the wife and produce a child out of that, and still God does not kill the person, but rather sustain and maintain the life of the person and keep the person going. It's a matter of the heart, being sincere. And when this person was attacked, when David was approached by Nathan and, and, and reproved and said, listen, this is what the word of the Lord says, but you have killed, you have done wrong, you've done this. He approved and said, yes, of the truth, I have I done this thing against God and, and it's not right. Was sincere. Are you sincere enough to let God work through you with His grace? Are you prepared by the grace of God to accept the fact that when you are in the wrong, yes, Lord, I am in the wrong. This one is not right. To be able to tell your husband or your wife that, listen, I didn't do right. But rather, we want to find something else to explain our actions. The Bible says that we have to be sincere because sincerity opens the door of grace to come into our lives for the Lord to be glorified through Number seven, or number six, sorry. said, be without offense until the end. Be without offense until the end. The Matan says that, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense until the end, until the day of Jesus Christ, which means until the end of our lives or our age, until the day that Jesus Christ appeared. The word of the Lord says that if grace will work through us effectively, we've got to be people who does not allow offense to dwell in our hearts for long. Offense, the offense will surely come. But please, the moment it comes, give it another room and open the door and say, please, this is the way to move on and let them go out of your life permanently. Because of offense, prayers are not answered. Because of offense, it is very difficult to see the manifestation of the glory. Because of offense, I've seen people who are still Yesterday, I was chatting with somebody, and the person is struggling in life, in, in terms of marriage. And I know where the problem is. And I've told the person several times that, listen, this is the things that are hindering you, and I want you to be free, free this person. If you free the person, you will be free to be able to move on because that is the hurdle you've got to jump. 
offense and the person has kept the offense for almost 10, 10 plus years and a lot of people are now passing through the life of the person not stable because the offense has created a room or a, a bona fide seat in the heart of this person so the place of love to express much love is not that the love to show the affection to show the willingness to commit it's not that because the person is holding on sitting on the offense on the, on the fence of life thinking that if this person does this i will jump this way so he is not or she is not enjoying what must come into the, in their lives. And I'm trying to help the person and say, listen, let go of this matter. That is your place of freedom. If you are able to clear your heart from this offense, I bet you if any man comes in now, there will be a place of love. There will be a place of willingness and readiness by the grace of God, to be able to be effective and be gelled together. Well, if not, they will pass through like that and then you will be struggling. People of God, offense, <laughs> can I put it this way? Offense becomes like a shield that prevents any good thing coming into your life. Offense, offense it becomes a shield. The, the word speaks of itself. The offense, it's, it, 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 it prevents anything to come in. So anything good that must come in because of the heart of offense, now the thing is being prevented, so it does not gain room to come inside or does not gain access into your heart. It, the Lord will knock and knock and knock. That is the moment of the knocking, knock on his heart. If you are willing and obey, then he comes in. But when the offense is the block and it's locked the door, nothing comes in. So point number six says that we have to be without offense. I know a lot of people have done this research. Doctors have done researches and all that. And they have come to the conclusion that most times sickness that that are found in our bodies are based on the toxic or information that we keep on covering in our hearts, which is offense. And so the world now is even coming onto that phase where they are trying to let go. So they say, oh, let go, clear your mind of things. Don't allow anybody to stay in there. Listen, the Bible is telling us, it's from the Bible, the biblical um, understanding. So I want you to be in this place to understand that God really wants you to walk in the power of grace. If you can clear your heart, if you can clear your mind, if you can let go of what they offended you on, the mistakes that they did, Please, there is no room to keep that. So wash your heart and let go. Just let them be themselves. Whatever they've wronged you with, please, let God be the one that judges for you. Let's see what God will do with your life. Hallelujah. Number seven, which will be the last one I want to talk today. So be filled with the fruit of righteousness. You've got to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. If there is no righteousness or act of righteousness working in us, we will not be able to maximize the grace factor. The grace of God does not work with sin. The Lord will not cast a spell before swine. It will not give you anointing for you to mess up with it. 
He will not release favor, a good husband for you, and then later you cause the life of the person to be in trouble. He will not give you a great wife for you to have all kinds of mess with her and disturb her life. No, the Lord will not give you any good thing. The Bible says that all perfect gifts and good things, they come from above. It is the Lord that gives what is right. But if righteousness is not found in you, then there is no place that the Lord can pour the grace onto your life. So he says that we've got to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. That is why I say grace is not cheap. The grace that God is giving to us, it is not cheap. The peace that we are willing to accept from our God, it is not cheap. It does not come on a silver platter. We have to prepare this body for it to be in there, to be ready to receive from the Lord the grace that we're talking about. So this is part one of the conditions of grace. You've got to be the subject of the grace. You have to be a partaker of the grace. You have to abound more and more in love. You have to approve what is excellent. You have to be sincere until the end. And you have to be without an offense. And you have to be filled with grace and with the righteous, the fruit of righteousness. People of God, I am not here to excite your emotions. But I'm here to, to help your life and your soul to be built in Christ. I'm here to fill your spirit with the nugget of hope in you to be able to stand strong and justified before God so that when the grace begins to work inside of you, men will see the light at work in you and they'll give glory to the Father in heaven. That is why I came your way today with this message that is a little bit very difficult to take. Most people might uh, see it that way. But for me, it's a door that the Lord has opened unto me, to my heart, for me to look into my life and begin to make the checklist and see where I fall short and make amends so that grace can work freely in my life. One of my spiritual fathers, very, very effective man of God, he's going into glory anyway. But every time he starts praying with the people, one thing that he tells them is to free your heart. Free your heart. Free your heart. Ask for forgiveness. Free your heart. Ask for forgiveness. Uh, be in place of uh, um, readiness. Let your heart be prepared. He said, prepare yourself. Prepare your heart. And after that, he prays with the people. Right? Every single time. I've seen so much great manifestation after he has done that with the people and the people have believed him enough to let go of friends, free their heart from anything that they've done, mistakes, errors, and all things that does not allow the glory of God to work through them. They let go, they ask forgiveness, and now they walk. Sincerity must be part of the, the deal. They are sincere, well in the heart, and from there, the glory of God manifests. There was this woman, I'll give one testimony, one um, example, and then we end. There was this woman who came into the service of the Lord, and the, and the Lord was ministering to him uh, very, very effectively. So he was moving all over the place. He has thousands of congregations and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, his, his overflow alone is about 10,000. That is the overflow. 
in, and the people who are in there is over 20,000 people in this church. And he was ministering under the hosting of the Holy Spirit prophetically, speaking through the, uh, the church and everybody that needs to be touched and all that. And met one woman who was there asking for the fruit of the week. And that was a purpose coming there and also trouble with her business. And then when the Spirit of God pointed at her and said, you lady, get up. Straight away, he asked a question. That where is your husband? And she said, he's at home. Now, he said, so you or your husband, who is at fault? Tell me the truth. And she was beating about the bush, uh, you know, she's this and all that. Uh, he has taken the kids and he has done this and all that. And, and he said, please tell me the truth. If you don't tell me, I can't help you. He said, look, the child that you are talking about is in this situation, in this condition. And you, as you stand here now, you need the fruit of the womb. And you need your business on this factors. That's why you came here, isn't it? She says, yes. So why are you not telling the truth? Tell me the truth. And then she opened up and said the truth. And from there, the glory of God was made manifest in life. Say, if you hadn't told me the truth, if you're not sincere, I will not be able to minister to you because the Holy Spirit was telling me, if you don't tell me, I should move on. And when he laid hands on her, oh Jesus, the woman was set free. In the congregation, right in front of the thousands of people, she was delivered. And from there, she began to ask for forgiveness. And the husband, the marriage was built back together again. And now, this adopted child in the house was no problem anymore. The husband was in love. Everybody, I mean, everybody was clapping for them when they were sharing the testimony. People of God, if we are not sincere with God, the grace can't work in us. If we don't make ourselves available for, for God to make us partake of the grace, it won't work in us. If we don't become the subject of the grace, the grace cannot work in us. If we are not people without offense, the grace cannot work in us. And the fruit of righteousness, if it is not found in us, the grace cannot work in us. So if there is any hindrances to your prayer, look into your life with these seven stars. We'll continue further on next week, God willing, maybe on Wednesday, about part two of the grace, uh, the conditions of grace. So now from today, everything that you do, check, you have a checklist in your life and make sure that you qualify for the Lord to call in you this grace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's pray. I want you to pray, commit yourself unto the Lord and ask him the Spirit of God, I need your help. I do need your help today. I pray that God, anywhere that I fall short, the sins that I may have done in my life, disobedience to your word, the insincerity that I keep on keeping in myself and in my heart, please, I ask of your mercy today, forgive me, cleanse me from all righteousness, make me a subject of this grace, and I want to be part of this grace. From today, I will abound more and more in love. Help me, O oh God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for opening our eyes to see these factors that are necessary 
for your grace to work in us. We pray today, oh God, that anywhere that we have harbored any kind of offense, at any place where we have not allowed righteousness to work in us, wherever we have not been sincere to you, and wherever we have not allowed love to prevail in our lives, anywhere that, oh God, we have put ourselves out of the equation that grace cannot work through us today, we come by your mercy through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to have mercy on us and make us ready for this grace as we speak today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, help us to be part, be partakers of this grace factor in the mighty name of Jesus so that we'll be effective in the areas that you have called us to. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.